So you guys ready to get into the lesson? Uh, we, okay, so the talk today, we, we, we started last week, but I, I wanted to uh, expand it uh, a little bit because uh, it's supposed to be introduction. I, I told you that I was gonna, we were going to follow the, the children's ministry. The children's ministry for summer is going to be t- talking about the fruit of the Spirit, and they're going to be going through the, the different act, uh, parts of the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. And <clears throat> the more I, I meditated on all those things, it's, it's kind of crazy, but you can't get fruit by trying to get fruit. Now, I'm a bit of a, a novice gardener. I always want to be a better gardener. Uh, but the fruit doesn't come unless the roots are really taken care of. You know, I, you know sometimes I'm like, what is wrong with this tomato plant? And it's not that the, the you know, it's not, I'm looking at the tomato and I'm like, that is not the big tomato I was looking for. It's like this little thing. And, and so I, I, I start, you know, getting all, you know, crazy about it. And it's like, it's not the fruit that I, that's the problem. It's the root that's the problem. And, and so uh, Jesus, he, he explained this in a parable in, in Luke 13. Uh, he, he tells this parable and he says uh, that a man had a fig tree growing in a, vi- in a vineyard and he went to look for some fruit on it and he did not find any. And he said to the man who took care of the vineyard, for three years I've been coming to look for fruit on this fig tree and haven't found any. Cut it down. It's like, what? He says, why should, you, why should it use up the soil? <laughs> Aren't you glad God's more gracious than that in our, in our life? You know, uh, He's not explaining that he's going to cut you down. Uh, <clears throat> he's making an analogy. He says, sir, the man replied, and the good gardener, who is always Jesus, uh, leave it alone for one more year, and I'll dig around it, and I'll fertilize it. If it bears fruit next year, fine. If not, then we'll cut it down. And so when we don't find fruit in our life, you know, if I went through the fruit of the Spirit and I said, how's, how's your, you know, how's your love quotient? How are you doing in love? You just love everybody. When you see strangers on the street, you go, man, I just love that guy. Right? You, you know, you see, you know, people confront you. You're like, oh, I just love you more for that confrontation. You know, uh, you guys aren't there? Uh, uh, because that, you know, because the Bible's, the, the love of God is, is, uh, you know, is, is deep. It's rich. And he's going, okay, so if, if you're going to have uh, joy in your life, are you guys joyful all the time? Let me see your smile. Hey, joyful all the time. Yeah. It's like, oh, no, not so joyful. And, and the reason we're not so joyful is because the stuff that's coming through our roots is not producing joy. And then peace. You know, are you guys at peace all the time? You're like me going through the pandemic in total peace. You guys didn't go through the pandemic and vote total peace. I'm like, the sky is falling. The sky is, shh, don't tell anybody. I am a man of God. We are, we are doing this thing. Okay. And the, the issues that we have are not about the fruit. So I wanted to, I wanted to talk about the fertilizer that we need in our life if we want the fruit to come. So in, instead of going, okay, Lord, you know, make, make me more loving, we have to say, Lord, I need more of you, more of your love, because that's what comes through us. Uh, it, left to ourselves, well, I'm not going to be very loving. I just know that already. I, I, I used to tell this story that I, I didn't know I was an angry person. You know, I was a bit of a hippie, 
in my in my my twenty sorry in my twenties, Maria. I was one of those kids that didn't pay attention, and then uh, so. And, and I thought I was, I was at peace with the world, you know. I was, I was pretty chill. Of course, you know, I might have been on something that helped to keep things chilled. But let's just say that happened or didn't. Uh, but it wasn't until I had kids that I realized I was an angry person. I was an angry man. Uh, you know, it's like, you know, the chill guy from his 20s in his 30s, he was just an angry dad. You know, because he was not getting his way. And I remember one time uh, yelling at one of my children. I wasn't yelling. I was having intense fellowship, <laughs> intense discipleship time. I was sharing with him the need to obey me for something. And, and I caught a reflection of myself in his eyes. And I saw my face, probably because I was that close. You know, I was in his face. And I realized right there, the Holy Spirit probably wanted to do some work on me. And it, I really did. It was, it was a transformational thing. And, and, I, and I just was totally convicted that I need to change. And so, but it wasn't going to happen by just practicing being kinder or more patient. It was going to have to be by spending time with the Lord and getting the nourishment from the roots. Okay? So today, I'm going to talk about three simple things that you can do. <laughs> you always laugh when I say three simple things, uh, anything like that. Three easy steps to a better Christian life. That means that you're going to have to work on this one. <laughs> and it's going to be painful. But it's kind of like, uh, well, I won't talk about fertilizer uh, too much today. Uh, but you do know where, okay, well, you guys understand fertilizer. So I, I want to talk about these three keys really to a fruitful life. And these are deep in my discipleship process. They always have been. But, you know, I, I really feel like in this season we have to come back to the basics because I, I forgot all the stuff I knew, you know. You guys know that about learning, that you forget a lot of stuff. And so uh, I want to talk about these, these three things. And, and Jesus talks about them. They're in your notes, but here we go. Uh, the first one has to do with repentance. Uh, John the Baptist made this famous statement. He says, produce fruit in keeping with repentance. Now, when I say the word repentance, a lot of times people are like, oh, man, that's just, you know, you know repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. What do you think of that? some raging prophet. And it is true that he was a raging prophet going, come on, guys, you need to change your mind about these things. But repentance really is taking a turn towards God. Can everybody say that with me? Taking a turn towards God. Okay, so even this morning as we're reading the, this uh, sacred reading, we're going, do not depend on your own understanding. With everything we do, when we look at that and we go, you know what, Lord, I have been depending on my own understanding. Repentance says, I don't want to do that anymore. You have revealed your truth, your light to me, and I don't want to be that guy. You know, often I'll talk about, you know, when I, when I uh, first read the Proverbs. I don't know about you, but I didn't read them until I was like 24. And, and, and it, it says, 
don't do a lot of stupid stuff. And I'm like, why didn't somebody give me this book <laughs> like in my teens? I would, it would have saved me a lot of time. But a, a lot of times, uh, the, the, it, instruction in itself isn't good enough. It's not until we take the instruction, we take the truth, and then we choose to change our mind about it that our life changes. And so when I say, you know, don't, lean up, don't depend on my own understanding, then I have to repent and say, Lord, I have been doing it my way. I don't want to do it that way anymore. Are you guys okay with this so far? This is the essence of the Holy Spirit's discipleship in our life, is revealing things to us that we can say, I'm done with that. I am going to go God's way. And until we do that, it, 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 it's like the soil is compacted and the roots that are trying to get deeper, it doesn't, there's no room for them there. Does that make sense? And there's a lot of ways in which we need to repent. In fact, we should be the best repenters on earth. Every time we hear the, the voice of the Lord or we read a scripture, we're like, oh, love, trust the Lord with all my heart. I'm only doing it half-heartedly. I'm not trusting the Lord. We should say, Lord, forgive me. I repent. I want to be totally trusting you with all my heart. So I got this notion as I was reading the, the fruit of the Spirit. And I was saying to myself, I need to be more loving. Oh, I've got a problem. The problem is me needing to repent and to turn my life and say, I want to think like Jesus. And it's this act of, of saying, coming to Jesus and saying, Lord, what, you're, what I am and what you are are two different things. And I need you to, to help me, to make me what I want to be. Are you guys with me okay so far? This is like huge for me. Because when we don't turn our hearts towards God, when we don't turn our hearts, we stop growing. There's always a point in our life where the cost of following God is too high. I've hit it a bunch of times. You know, it's like, will you give me this? I don't know. Come on. And sometimes it's little stuff. Are you guys with me? And the Lord's like, come on. We can do this. Do you want to go higher? It's like, no, I am fine right here. But the problem with walking with Jesus when you're fine right here is after a while, you lose the voice. You lose the voice that says, repent. Turn to me and grow. And that stinks. I hate that about my own life. And so as I was going through the fruit of the Spirit, I'm like, my problem isn't about not being fruitful. My problem is I'm not repenting. I'm not repenting enough. Now, I don't want to make that word, you know, like super weird because it's a happy word. Because when we turn to God and we go His way, then all of a sudden it activates all of heaven to accomplish stuff. Do you guys know that? So whatever problem you got right now, if we repent, whatever Jesus is telling us, or you know, and there's, there, you know, there's just everywhere I read, 
It's like, seek his will in all you do. It's like, Lord, I don't do that. Then I can repent. I can do that. Lord, I want to seek your will in all I do. And then he'll show me the path. Is that a promise? Is anybody unclear about what path you might need to take in the next season of your life? Anybody? Anybody? Am I alone? <laughs> yes. We're going. Okay. So get what we get to do, and I, 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 I want you to get this. It's simple, but it, it has to do with saying yes, yes, yes. Okay. I wrote a couple notes on repentance, so I'm not going to read them to you too much. Um, but uh, I'll give you a little bit. So repentance involves hearing the voice of the Lord or sensing his presence in a certain way. So when we are reading these, and a lot of times it happens when you're reading a scripture, sometimes when you're listening to a message, sometimes when you're, you may even be listening to the news. And, you're, and, you know, and you see something dumb on the news. Anybody see any dumb stuff on the news? You're like reading the news, and, you're, you know, and it's like, there's something dumb on the news. And God says, I want you to be my agent in the world to change it. You're like, I'm just watching the news here, God. I want to kvetch about this poor soul that's leading something. Has this ever happened to you? You're watching the news and you're like, I would rather kvetch and tell all my friends they should kvetch with me. That's a Jewish term. comes from my, my Jewish roots. You guys know kvetch? Yeah, oh, kvetch. It's it, to complain about somebody. You know, to, you know, to have angst about it. Those dumb people. But instead, God's, instead, he, he corrects our heart and he says, I don't want you to be like that. I want you to pray. Because what God wants to do on the earth really can happen if we turn to God. Right? I mean, it's amazing. When Jesus was on earth, uh, did, did he do some pretty amazing things? And then he told his disciples, he's like, hey, if you will follow me, you will do even greater things than these. How many of you guys have been doing greater things than Jesus? Anybody? Okay. So we need to repent. <laughs> okay. But it happens by the, the small promptings of the Lord. You know, we're like, well, when the Lord tells me I need to go to wherever I need to go to, then I'll follow him. You know, it's like, like, like the people, you know, I always like, when, when I win the lottery, then I'm going to give money to the church. Everybody does that. I always like when the lottery gets really big. People are always like, I'm going to buy the, your school. And, and, you know, I'm like, just throw in 10 bucks, man. It's, it's a, you know, you got to start somewhere. It's not the big things. It's the little things. And in the Holy Spirit, it's the little things. When he's saying little things to you, you say, yes, Lord. It can be a, a stupid things. I'll tell you, you, you wanna, uh, here's a stupid little thing that I, I repented of recently. Uh, I, I have this word game on my, my phone, and I'm really good at word games. I'm like, I am brilliant. I'm the most brilliant person. I can find, I can find words anywhere, and, and I had reached level 10 million, you know. I mean, I, I had so many points, and I was amazing. And, and I felt like the Lord say, you know what? You're really good at word games. I want you to delete that off your phone. And I'm like, Lord, I use this. In times of, you know, to challenge my brain when, you know, I'm waiting in line. And the Lord says, I know that. 
And, he, and I say, you know, sometimes I use this to wind down at night. And the Lord says, I know that. You know, the Lord knows everything about this game. And he told me to delete it. And I'm like, okay, here we go. Man walking with God. Delete. It's a couple weeks ago. Now I look and I'm like, where's my word game? And instead I see my Bible. I'm like, dude, my Bible's been here the whole time. Okay. That's a recent thing that's actually happened to me. <laughs> and, the, and I've been enjoying my Bible. And, and you know, if you guys have your uh, version Bible, I don't know if you know this. Most of, most of you do. If you don't have it, download it. Um, you, it'll show you how many times you've open, opened it in a week. Like, you, you know, you can build a streak. And, like, don't you guys like streaks on your games? Everybody, everybody? Okay. Okay, I'm going to keep moving. The Holy Spirit convicts you. It doesn't have to be big. It can be little. Just say yes. Turn. Let's go. Okay. Um, you're, when, when the Holy Spirit tells you this, one of the problems is we argue. Like I just told you, I just argued about a stupid game. Uh, the, I argue with God all the time. In fact, almost every time the Lord speaks to me, I say, no. Just at first, just to see if it was really him. And then he says it again. And I say, I don't think that's you, Lord, because if it was really you, you would make me. Lord doesn't make you. He says, repent, turn. Okay, have I hammered this enough? Okay, the next step, there's more. But you know, I could talk for hours on anything. The next step is closely associated with the first one, and that is surrender. What? Surrender. So surrender is a, is a battle term. You guys understand this, right? You ever been in a battle? You say, I give up. What happens when you give up to another authority? You submit to their authority. You submit to their authority. They're in charge now. And one of the big issues of the, our Christian life, our discipleship life, is not surrendering. Even though we've been conquered, I, was, I like that, that Brooke put that, you know, you have won me. That means he has conquered me. He has, he has become the Lord God. You know, I always say that. I, I don't know if you see in my writing sometimes. I'll, I, I don't like to say the word God. I always like to say the Lord God because I want to differentiate between the God, the little God, which I sometimes follow, and the big God, which I must follow. And when, when Jesus conquered our hearts, he, he said, will you make me the Lord of your life? It's like, I'd like to, but I have got another Lord working in me. Lord Stewart of Campbell. And he would like to direct his life. <laughs> and in order for us to get the fruit that God desires, we have to say, not my will, but yours be done. Ah, oh, I hate this message. In fact, as I was uh, putting this together, I was like, Lord, you know, I'm going to preach this one to all them people. They ain't repenting. They're not surrendering. And I just felt, I, f- I felt the battle in myself. 
you can't talk about this. Where are you on the scale of repentance? Like, well, I did delete that game. Does that rate anything? It's like, dude, this is a long way from where I'm trying to shape your life right now. <laughs> right? Um, and so not much more has to be said about that, except that you know and I know, or you know and I know about myself, when I'm really surrendered to God, when I've really said, uh, I, not my will, but yours. And I like that Jesus, you know, he taught, when he taught the disciples to pray, he said, uh, I want you to pray like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name, put God up, up there on the, on the throne. Your kingdom come, your will be done. Oh, shoot. That's different than the way I've been living right now. Now, last week we talked about God wanting to bring a move of his spirit on the earth. I really believe that. I still believe that. But it doesn't happen until the church, those in the kingdom of God, actually start to understand these things. And when they come together and they say, I am going to repent when the Holy Spirit says, do this, I'm going to just say, yes, Lord. And when the Holy Spirit says, surrender to my will, I'm going to say, yes, Lord. That's kind of where we have to be. I want to be a different church than we were. I don't want to be a half-hearted church. I don't want to be mediocre, halfway up the mountain. I want to be full on. Now, again, we're all in process, right? You're all going, oh, great. Where, is he, where are we going with this? Totally sold out for Jesus? What kind of church is that? Oh, yeah, that's the one I want to be part of. <laughs> okay, you too? We already agreed last week that that's where we wanted to go. Okay, so I, I've got three minutes. I want to give you my third, my third fertilizer. So first fertilizer, when the Lord says this, go. Surrender. And the third one is prayers of faith. I like this. Jesus said to his disciples, John 15, it says, You didn't choose me. I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit. Nice. Fruit that will last. Really good. And so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. This last thing is, is a test of your prayer. Every time we trust the Lord for something and we begin to pray about it, there's a battle that happens in a, in, internally. One, like, you know, so somebody comes to me and they said, Pastor, I'm sick. Will you pray for me? I'm like, absolutely, man. We're praying. We're, we're going to see you come. We're going to see this come through. But we know that in every prayer, there's a battle associated with it because the enemy does not want abundant life. Here's his vision. <laughs> Ready for the vision of the enemy. Kill, steal, destroy. Good. Jesus' vision. To give you abundant life. <laughs> okay, are those closely aligned? No, they're not aligned. So there's already a battle built into every prayer. But part of, if we want to see our life coming to fruition, we're going to have to begin to believe God for bigger things. Now, I don't know about you, but... I have prayed for things that have not happened, and I've been very disappointed with God. Has anybody ever been disappointed with God? 
Yes. Okay. And I think that part of that is the training. One, that we won't give up before the prayer is answered. You know, when it says pray without ceasing, that's not like praying every minute of every day. It means you don't stop until it's fulfilled, right? Until it's done. And most of us give up way too early. Well, I don't know, most of us. I give up way too early. But in this season, if we want to see the fruit of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit working in, through us, and into our community, it's going to take us beginning to pray with this in mind. Amen. You guys good? Okay. And this is uh, the this has been kind of tough for me because again, I hate talking to you guys about stuff that I haven't mastered. I always like coming from like, man, I'm doing this, and so you guys should follow me as I follow Jesus. But right now we're in a season, and let's just be, uh, you know, it's okay to be honest, that we're not there. But this is where God wants us to go. He wants us to be able to hear and say yes, no matter what, what he's asking us. Amen? Amen? All right, let me pray for you. And we're going to continue. This doesn't stop here. This just begins. Yay. Well, Lord, we want you. You have won us. You are our Lord. You are our King. You are the one that leads us. And Lord, we are desiring to see your kingdom come and your will be done in our life. And we pray that as we walk with you, as we turn to you, as we surrender to you, as we pray to you, that you would begin to show us how this fruit is born, not just in our life, but through our life. Lord, you've called us to a higher a higher place. And I pray that this morning as your Holy Spirit's been speaking to us, not just my words, but your words, that we'd press in and find more of you in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen.